The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. This is Bloomberg Crypto, a daily Bloomberg iHeart podcast. And I'm Stacey Marie Ishmael, Managing Editor of Crypto for Bloomberg News. It's Wednesday, October 12th. What do... Michael Saylor, Jesse Powell, Michael Morrow, Sam Trabuco, Brett Harrison, and Alex Mashinsky all have in common? If you said they're dudes in crypto, you'd be correct. If you said they're dudes who used to be crypto CEOs and suddenly weren't anymore, you'd also be correct. This crypto winter has seen a string of high-profile exits from the C-suite, a mix of resignations and other forms of, well, to coin a phrase, conscious uncoupling. What's driving all of this activity? Is it Bitcoin prices falling more than 50%? Is it the bankruptcy filings? Is it the SEC breathing down everyone's neck? Is it the wanting to spend more time with your yacht in the Bahamas? Maybe it's all of these at once. For more on this succession-level crypto drama, we've got Bloomberg reporter Yuichi Yang and Dipali Vyas, executive search recruiter at global consulting firm Corn Ferry. Very excited to have you both on the show. So, there's a lot going on. I feel like I start basically every episode of this podcast with, with there's a lot going on. It's always true. But today, more specifically, we're going to talk about the fact that, you know, roughly a dozen or more folks in C-suite, executive management, senior leadership positions at some of the largest crypto companies in the world have in recent days found themselves either out of a job or in a different job from what they were doing before. Industry turmoil happens. Company upheaval happens. You know, we'll talk to folks and they'll say, oh, yeah, totally. This person just wanted to spend more time with their family. There's always a narrative around these things. What we're going to dive into a little bit is why we're seeing this right now in crypto, what might be coming next and what our listeners need to understand about corporate succession. And Yuichi, I'm going to start with you. Could you just remind folks how many people have switched to jobs in the past couple of months in crypto? That's going to be a long list. <laughs> what are some of the biggest names? We'll start with Michael Saylor, who led MicroStrategy, which is a company that's been buying Bitcoin. And then we also have Kraken CEO Jesse Powell stepping down, and he was the co-founder of the crypto exchange and then we have a leadership shuffle at Genesis, one of the biggest institutional crypto brokerage, which was the biggest creditor for Three Arrows, a crypto hedge fund that went bankrupt. So we've seen a series of changes, I would say, starting as early as August this year. As you say, Yuichi, that is a fairly long list of people. And some of those folks, you know, what they've telegraphed is 
this is expected. I've been doing this for a long time. I'm really interested in these other opportunities. For some of them, it came as kind of more of a surprise to the market. Are there any common trends or themes? Like, are there particular signs that this company was about to go through some kind of leadership upheaval? I would place all these changes in the broader context of what the crypto industry has been through in the past several months. As we know, ever since the the collapse of crypto prices, there has been a series of shakeouts. We've seen layoffs at big crypto companies. There has been companies that filed for bankruptcies. There's been consolidations and bailouts. And now we're entering a stage where some of these companies are starting to change their top leaders, including the CEOs. And I would say that the crypto industry is fairly new. It's about 10 years old. So a lot of these CEOs that are being replaced are actually the original founders of the crypto companies. And they are oftentimes closely associated with the brand name of the company. And they're able to amass lots of followings online and their household names. But now they're starting to be replaced by professional managers whose names are less familiar to folks in the crypto communities, but who have background in traditional professional services firms. And Zipali, I want to get your perspective on this, because I feel like we've seen this in finance, we've seen this in tech, you know, boy genius CEO, company grows to 10,000, suddenly like, wow, this is really hard. Managing all these people is less fun. (laughs) We're going to switch over or there's some kind of corporate crisis or, as UHU rightly points out, like an industry-wide crisis. From your perspective, is anything about what's happening in crypto unusual or different in any way? I think there's two answers to that question. I think there's a yes and a no. I'll start with the no in that any disruptive industry or any disruptive technology has its early adopters. And there's an education process that the industry has to go through in order to adopt it. And so we've seen that in tech. And like you said, a wonderkind and, you know, these these geniuses, there is that element of it. The yes part of the unusualness is that this is such a novel concept, but it's baked in ideology as well, right? And so they want to actually reimagine the way money is distributed, dealt with, etc., and even cr- the creation of a currency. I would, you know, draw some parallels to when, you know, the euro was introduced in Mm -hmm. the market. And I was actually there at the London School of Economics at the time. And when they introduced this concept as a student, I was like, this is never going to happen. What is this? This is never going to happen. What what are you guys talking about? And there was an adoption or adoption process. And so I think with the crypto space, there is some big uniqueness from sort of a, you know, reimagining the financial system with this. And that's where you're going to get a lot of different perspectives. It's so interesting to hear you identify the kind of the ideology that's wrapped up in crypto, because that has absolutely manifested in the, shall we say, some of the larger personalities at at play here. And, you know, Kraken and Coinbase and a couple of other folks have had their CEOs kind of go on the record saying, if you're not down for this cause, if you are like one of those quote unquote wokes out there, like we're not interested in what you have to say about any of these things, like don't bring politics to work or 
let's ask questions about whether women can be people, you know. So that's such a specific way of running a company. And I wonder how that squares with what UHE is identifying of bringing in this class of like professional managers who are much less likely to be wanting to write incendiary blog posts about who counts as a person. As UHE said, there's a lot of founder-led and founder-first firms out there, which they've become their own brand and Mm -hmm. personal brand in the crypto space. And as any industry, the maturation of that industry requires a lot of institutional knowledge, which is why you're now seeing this new wave of leadership step in because have we gone through a crypto winter? Yes. Have we gone through crypto winters? Yes. Have we gone through really extreme market volatility? Yes. Mm -hmm. Has the regulatory bodies started to take a look at this? Yes. Think about when the iPod first came out. When the iPod first came out, people are like, what are you talking about? Like, I mean, you're going to have, you know, 5,000 songs in this little device. And the early adopters really geeked out about it. And so the early adopters of crypto really geeked out about it because of those personalities, Mm -hmm. because of those guys that they were, and yes, they were, a lot of them were guys that came out and said, you know, this is the next way of the financial world. Let's democratize access and let's figure out what those pain points are in the industry and completely obliterate everything. And I think ideally everyone can understand that this is great, But the implementation of it is so hard. And I think that's what these guys are running up against. And that's exactly why you're going to see the succession around leaders that have said, I've taken a really hard concept in this, you know, age old industry. And how am I going to execute it and implement this? And you're going to need that institutional knowledge. You're going to have to have them navigate through the system because those guys that are just sitting on the other side of the house saying this is what is ideal. That's great. But you have to get the others to adopt to it. And so, Polly, given that this is literally your job, <laughs> right, it is like identifying that pool of talent, but also helping organizations who are going through these kinds of transitions define who they want that could take on that change of strategy. Like, what does that like look like in practice? Is this a short process? Is this a long process? Like, who gets involved? Depending on the stage which, you know, these companies are in trouble or, you know, there's some event that has happened. And I think I might have mentioned this to UHE before is that there needs to be an adult in the room that's (laughs) kind of been there, done that, seen it and can tell the story again. And so, you know, oftentimes those individuals are parachuted in quite quickly together with the leadership team and the board working in lockstep. Other times, you know, you're going to see what you're kind of seeing in some of the executives that might have come in is what we generally call organ rejection, right? (laughs) So they've come in and they've had really good intentions and, you know, they've just brought in a different perspective, but the culture itself or management or however things are working on the inside just basically rejected them. And so while all intentions were good, it just might not have worked out from that perspective. And sometimes the culture piece does run very deep depending on the organization. And so you can get immediate sort of organ rejection and you'll see people out of there within six months to a year. Colorful phrase. I'm I'm definitely, (laughs) I'm going to have to work this into the title of the episode somehow. (laughs) Up next, you'll hear more on how the crypto CEO reshuffle could change the entire landscape of the industry with Bloomberg reporter Yuichi Yang and executive recruiter Deepali Vyas.
From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox president Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF. Broadly speaking, I, at least other than the financial crisis, I can't remember witnessing an industry where there have been like so many very senior leadership transitions like this in such a short amount of time, right? It would be like if, you know, Bezos and Zuckerberg and Tim Cook were all like, Tuesday, let's do Tuesday. And they all just quit. (laughs) Like, that's what it sort of felt like in crypto. What is like the collective effect on the talent pool? Are there people out there who are still lining up and being like, that seems like a really good idea for a job transition. I'm going to run one of those companies. Or does that make it more challenging to replace these folks? I think it's challenging in general, right? So you have one side of the market that is looking for extreme entrepreneurial opportunities, extreme challenges. They want to roll up their sleeves. They want to get in there. And then the type of talent that these crypto companies originally wanted to attract was this institutional knowledge that can convert themselves to a more entrepreneurial mindset and come in there and help them build something great. So that part of the market has certainly, you know, taken some pause and say, while I was super interested, I bought into the story, I might hit the pause button because where I am, I'm safe. And do I want to take on this risk in my career at this time and in this particular industry? Mm -hmm. And this is mainly due to the macroeconomic conditions, right? Are we going into a recession you know, is crypto taking an even deeper dive? You know, there's massive consolidation. Do I want to work for a company that's going to be consolidated and then I'll be layered or I might be out of there? So there's so many different considerations that are going on. I think the shakeout has to kind of taper off or level off at some point. Mm -hmm. And that will only be done as soon as we know what is the Fed doing? You know, where is inflation What are other parts of the globe doing around the industry, right? What's happening in Asia? What's happening in Europe? And then lastly, the regulatory environment. Where do the regulatory bodies see us as a digital asset? And how are they going to deal with us now and in the future? And what's sort of lined up? And then how are the banks and other institutions and institutional investors going to treat us? Positively or negatively, time will tell. Those questions are so hard. <laughs> You're like, what is the Fed going to do? What's going to happen with regulation? I could understand why somebody might be like, I'm just going to sit this one out. I'm going to be OK. But actually, UHE, I want to come back to you. And then, you know, Deepoli, I'm going to ask you the same question. Are there certain types of industries that the folks in crypto have been trying to recruit from? So you know, like UHE, you've written about the fact that there was like, for a while, this sort of revolving door of TradFi to DeFi, DeFi into other parts of crypto. And now it's like, I might go back <laughs> to my relatively chill investment banking job. Well, how do you think that's sh- shaking out? 
well, investment banking jobs are not exactly chill, True. but it Relatively. is a different, <laughs> very different vibe uh, from what you get at a crypto firm. We are still occasionally writing about news of people who are leaving big Wall Street firms and joining crypto. Mm-hmm. This morning, we just wrote about an MD at Goldman Sachs who's joining Coinbase institutionals for their derivatives effort. So these changes are still happening, but I feel like just based on our observation, it's less often as I would say the latter part of last year when the market was still going strong. And I would also note that a lot of these replacement of top leaders often come within the company or at least within the crypto communities. It seems that they're the ones who already know the company inside out and therefore they have an understanding of how things work, what are the key issues here. And then oftentimes with short notice, if you have to change your leaders, some of these companies will look within themselves to find the next leader. And Polly, like how common is that, right? Where it's like a company is going through a crisis and they're like, actually, Jim, <laughs> who's been here all along, <laughs> is going to be is going to be the new person in charge. All the time, all the time. And I and it's almost as if they need to rely on sort of that safe, steady pair of hands that have actually seen the story play out. And they just didn't have the opportunity to jump in. Mm-hmm. But because they have all of the bird's eye view or the front row seat, right, to what has happened, that they would be an ideal candidate to kind of step in. When you think about people going back to those investment banking jobs, those jobs are also sort of drying up in these specific market conditions, right? Like there's less deal flow. Goldman Sachs and other big banks have come out with potential layoffs and hiring freezes, et cetera. And so that's, again, just based on on market conditions. So I would say that for me, if I was just sort of predicting future of work for those gyms that are sitting in those seats right now that want to take on something, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, for those companies that were keeping a close eye on crypto, and I'm particularly talking about the banks and funds and others, this may be an ideal time for them to build something in-house, mm. Right. This is the time to say, all right, there's talent on the street. There's consolidation. What can we do to set ourselves up for when crypto makes a reemergence after this winter? And they would be smart to do so. Final question. You are a person who was running a company. You spent a lot of really quality time on your yacht. Now you're like, ah, I want to, you know, like, ah, there's only so many beautiful beaches I can spend time on. I want to go back and get my hands dirty again, but not necessarily in either, you know, TradFi, Wall Street or back into crypto. What, from your perspective as a recruiter, like, where would you expect to see some of those folks popping up? I think the next trend is going to be sort of platform as a service and data as a service. I think that those individuals that have been in any part of the tech, financial services, data, crypto, blockchain ecosystem, it's all going to be kind of in and around there, right? So for those yacht goers that want to dip back in, there are huge opportunities in these data-related companies, right? At the end of the day, that's the data is going to be king. 
Amazing. Well, I feel like I learned some things. I, I, <laughs> I feel like this is one of those episodes we should post on LinkedIn. Um, <laughs> be like, did you recently buy a yacht? <laughs> like, listen to this crypto episode. Well, thank you both so, so much. What a pleasure to have you on the show. You can find more of UHE Yang's reporting on the Bloomberg Terminal, on Bloomberg.com, and on Twitter. She's at UHE underscore Yang. That's Y-U-E-Q-I underscore Y-A-N-G. On the next episode of Bloomberg Crypto, of all of the regulatory priorities in the world, why is fining Kim Kardashian $1.26 million at the top of anyone's list? This is Bloomberg Crypto, a daily podcast from Bloomberg and iHeartRadio. For more shows from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Send us your comments, questions, or suggestions for the show to crypto at Bloomberg.net. Or find us on Twitter, we're at crypto. The supervising producer of Bloomberg Crypto is Vicky Vergolina. Our senior producer is Janet Babin. Our producer is Sharon Barrero. Associate producer is Ty Butler. Desta Wonderad is our engineer. Original music by Leo Sidron. I'm Stacey Marie Ishmael. We'll be back tomorrow. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.